your co-host Chloe and this is your co-host Julia and welcome back to Fantasy Suites baby oh oh my gosh we're getting hot and sweaty and all they do (laughs) is hint towards sex and it's just really funny but we get like deeper into their connections deeper into who Matt is we finally get to know more about him and yeah I love analyzing the chemistry between all the different couples and like seeing who's going to win it's just yeah fun. I love it okay Chloe if you were on The Bachelor and you were you made it to fantasy suites would you have <gasps> sex with The Bachelor or would you hold um, it off for the mystery I don't know I always thought I would but now thinking about it I would maybe tease him a little bit and not but however I feel like how this sucks but like later on I'd be like oh I should have slept with him and maybe I would have stayed on like that's (laughs) the mentality that I would have I feel like you can't sleep with them because it's just kind of like giving it up you know what I mean I mean like maybe you can do whatever you want but I feel like if you're trying to play the game right I don't know I really feel like everyone sleeps together like, I thought that was so. a known fact. Do you? That's what they hint at the entire episode, too. Because I don't know. I don't know. I think sex is a big thing. Because what Bachelor was it? I forgot who it was. It was, like, 10 seasons ago, maybe. But he definitely, he, in a magazine, said that he had sex with every single girl or something. Was like it that. Juan Pablo? <laughs> um, I know he did, too. Well, Juan Pablo did. But it was someone before yeah. that. He kind of looked mm. like a mark or something. I don't know. He had like long hair a little bit. Mm. I forgot his name. Oh, but was it was it Ben? Ben, yes. Ben, yes. right? With the yes. longer hair. And then he ended up with the villain Courtney, right? Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, and uh, there was something in like a People magazine. I don't know if it's completely true. Don't take my word for it. Dude, I, I mean, I guess I'm just looking at it in a very naive innocence <laughs> lens. Like, of course oh, no. they're all sleeping together. But I feel well, like, what? Well, Caitlin and Nick had sex. Right. And the mic picked it up. If the mic wasn't on, we would have never known about that, oh, you know? dude. Caitlin and Nick Vial's relationship <laughs> was insane. If anyone doesn't know, like, these two were talking before her bachelorette season. And then, remember, she went on, like, Jimmy Kimmel or something and gave him, like, a secret sign showing she's thinking about him. And then he just shows up on her season? Yeah, that was crazy. Like, some, like, eye contact or something. Really weird that they – this language that they had – which I you have to have really strong chemistry to have that. They kind mm-hmm. of remind me, I forgot Ron from Parks and Rec I'm watching it and his yeah. ex-wife. Do you know who Tammy? I'm talking about? I just, I just watched the episode. <laughs> it's like their chemistry is like that. Wait, wait, um, Tam, which Tammy though? The one who There's looks like Tina multiple. Fey. Okay, okay. There's, I think that's like Tammy too. <laughs> She, she was yeah. on um <laughs> there's different oh my god well yeah, she comes diff- back so many different times I know but there's like Tammy one and Tammy two but yeah she was on um what's that show it's season two or season three it's season three you'll meet Tammy one I don't know if they call it Tammy one or Tammy two but yeah there's multiple Tammies but she what show was she on it was with the uh two gay guys Will and Grace oh I I remember from what is the movie with James Franco of course um, <laughs> why him yeah why him 
Oh, yeah. okay. And okay. That's what I remember. She played Brian Cranston's wife. Um, oh, yeah. But she, mom is fuck. She's so funny. But she, I, I love seeing her personality in this episode. Yeah, so yeah she's yeah, crazy. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Her character is so like so good. Dude, Parks and Rec is like the best funniest show ever. I love it. And it's but, my first time watching it. But yeah, what? Go. This is your first time yeah. watching it? I used to not like it. And like, I love The Office. Like, it's like my passion. Yeah. And I keep rewatching it. And I'm just like, okay, Chloe, like, you can't watch it one more time. Cause this is like, I watch it like repeatedly through quarantine. Do you have a Peacock membership? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you have just connect it. But did you pay for it? Because Peacock, it won't let you, it will only let you watch the first two seasons of The Office. Oh, then I, I pay for it if you <gasps> want my login. <laughs> Are you? I pay oh for every, I have God. all streaming services. Wait, that's dude, like, send me, yeah, send me your, is it your normal, your normal yeah, login info? I think so, yeah. It's like a perk okay. of like my family because we all just love TV so much that it's like I'm, just uh, I'm so happy. I've been re-watching season one and two of The Office, like, because now it's off <gasps> Netflix, so it's just like. Now you could have seven more. <gasps> oh my God, Chloe, I'm so happy. I know, also, <laughs> I really want to start listening. So Greg's boyfriend, Brian, he told me about the podcast that Jenner Fisher and Angela from The Office yeah. created, and they literally give feedback about a whole episode of The Office. And like, we know every episode, we're, we're obsessed. We know everything that happens, and they talk yeah. about like the behind the scenes, just like everything. It's so crazy. So I need to listen to it dude we should listen to it um I love them so much best show ever and I'm so happy you are watching Parks and Rec did you ever watch 30 Rock no but I want to I and I also want to watch uh, Master of None because that also seems Mm, really good yeah what else I mean, are you watching? That- are you watching anything right now? Just that. I haven't had time to watch TV really. Like I have to like make time for me to watch yeah. at least like, but the thing is nowadays I-, I don't watch as much TV as I used. It's really weird. I love TV though. It's like our favorite, like it's everything to me. What about you? Like I- watching TV? <laughs> I mean, I watch a shit ton of reality TV. Like, you know, I I love Bravo. I watch every show on Bravo. And but it got to a point where I was like, this shit is getting really toxic and I need to stop. Like I texted my friend and I was like, you need to keep make me accountable, like and make sure that I don't watch a lot of TV because like the reality TV is like really getting to my head because I watch oh every gosh. show on Bravo. I oh my God. I'm obsessed with this show you need to watch. It's called Temptation Island. And oh do you know what the show is about? Yes, I believe it's, so, right? It's like, it's a couple that goes on an island and like these hot people take each partner away and they like yes. seduce them. Well, it's four couples. <laughs> and then like the men separate and the women separate and they live with like single people of the other sex and it's like will they be tempted and each relationship has different rules like you can sleep with people you can't like blah 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 but you watch clips of like your couple every week and it's like very like objective clips like it's just like random parts and you have no context oh my god and it's so insane like are they gonna cheat like oh it's crazy well I've once been over and you had the tell all of one of the seasons and I was watching it and it was so crazy I was like what is this show like, oh my god but I appreciate the passion like I get it <laughs> dude my Friday nights are literally uh, the best now because I'm like I get to watch Temptation Island, which was on on Thursday, and then I get to watch RuPaul's Drag Race, and also Wait, I've been watching RuPaul's Drag Race <gasps> with Gregory and our Are roommate Becca. Yeah, it's really really good. I like seeing all the different styles, Who's but again, favorite? like reality TV is just 
a little hard for me because like drama like I like like confrontation scares me and I feel like there's always a lot of that um yeah. I really love wait got Mick got Mick, got Mick. I love good. got Mick dude yeah. listen to this if my cousin Emily is listening I haven't told you this but got Mick literally looks like my cousin Emily if you just look at the face like the eyes the nose and the mouth the next time you watch it literally she has what? the same face as my cousin Emily it's insane oh my and God. so I my need sister it, I... yeah my sister and I always call got milk Emily <laughs> wait I I haven't noticed but now I'll definitely have a different perspective this Friday we're definitely watching it so we could like text during it yes oh, and also well, I see it before you yeah no let me know what if you see it but my sister and I have also started watching the UK drag race it's Is it so good? much better because really? this season of Drag Race honestly isn't very good, like compared to a mm. lot of other seasons. The UK, holy shit, they're so oh good. Oh god, you so know good. so much about reality TV, Julia. I do. This is it's... like, <laughs> oh my, it's like Crazy. your life. It is. Wow, oh my gosh. I like but, totally respect it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love but it. Let, let's get into one of our favorites or least favorite reality TV show what everyone came to listen to our bachelor recap but first chloe what are you drinking i am drinking pinot grigio today and i am having Mm -hmm. so much fun it's iced i had a great tofu dinner and i am feeling so healthy Mm. i ran today i had to have some white wine yeah what about you julia (laughs) i am drinking a light delicate peach bellini <laughs> a peach bellini Wait, did you like mix anything in it like some soda water because like, it looks really fancy <laughs> well do you like the orange slice i added to the glass you look like you're on vacation in florida like at brunch <laughs> wait no lunch 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 yes wait brunch i'm at brunch I want to go to I want to go to brunch wait just... dude I'm at brunch at the cottage in La Jolla. okay that's making me want to order the the fruit platter that no one ever wants that Why I mention every single that? time I never do and I always look at it and I'm always annoyed because no one wants it but it's this amazing it's all cut up fruit and I fruit is like my favorite thing ever mm. and this special yogurt to dip it in it's Dude, just beautiful. I, I love when the you call it when you call it the yogurt dip. I'm like, what are you talking dip. about? Dude, but the scones are f- so fire there. With the jam and the butter. Oh, like, oh okay. I haven't I haven't had a brunch like I need to go out to brunch. I love brunch. I don't know. You can't really have a night though, because you're just it's just gonna get crazy. Like if once I'm at brunch, I am like committed to yeah. drinking all day. Cause That's I just insane. once I have a few mimosas, like I'm going to want to party. Oh, <laughs> like, sure. I'm not going to want to go back home and get work done. Oh, oh no way. I'm no enjoying way. myself. <laughs> no way. But, dude, what's our what's our uh, drinking word for tonight? It is night. They get to spend the night together. And it's very intimate. And we're going to be talking about that night that they're spending together. And you better be drinking every time we say that five-letter word. <laughs> night, 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 night. I've been working on my singing. Did you like it? That was very beautiful, Julia. I'm a little impressed by how seamless you went like through that note. I don't know much about singing, but wow. Well, I did take a gospel choir class with my friend, Nicole. Hi, Nicole. 
Love you so much. And um, yeah, we fucking killed it. She's actually a really good singer though, and I'm not. So I would like mouth it a lot. <laughs> Just, like, Wait, not that is so that is so fun though. You get to sing and in a collective group. Yeah, choir. like we had we had a final performance. Wow. And I mean, both Nicole and I are like super sensitive people, but we both started crying. <laughs> I think because we were like it's so beautiful wow I love that there's nothing better than being with a lot of people which we haven't been able to in years (laughs) well like a year actually but there's something really beautiful about having all of that energy together working on something and then you always have heart to hearts and it's just always a beautiful experience and I yeah collaborating you put so much time and effort into this art and it's you get to like perform it like yeah it's, it's super moment. beautiful and now just looking yeah it's march 9th so we have to say happy birthday to our sweet sweet caroline we love you so I much know. it's caroline's birthday today i feel so bad that we're recording and not with her yeah, <laughs> i wish i like fine. flew out um well she's she's actually having dinner with her family right now i think her mom is making her a special dish <laughs> stop i she- like it <laughs> you made that whole thing up <laughs> no I actually Caroline and I've been texting a lot the past two days shout Aww. out it's been like really nice <laughs> I usually so... know ne- we we usually never text that much um wait, but that's so you know, true she's our because, best friend wait that's so true because I was with her on Sunday and I was like talking to her about something I was like oh when's the last time you talked to Chloe she's like uh I don't know like five minutes ago and I was like damn <laughs> <laughs> chill 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 Oh my God, Caroline is just the best person. Like everyone, she is just so funny. Like I've never met someone (laughs) who's just so perfect for being like our best friend. You know, she's just, I love being around her. I don't ever get annoyed with her. And she's just like so funny. We don't get annoyed with her, but she gets annoyed of us. (laughs) She does? I don't think she gets annoyed of me. Yeah, no, she, I'm just kidding. Okay, so <laughs> let's get into this episode. So first we have some, just a little bit. We're so lucky this week. We only have a little bit of Bachelor Tea to talk about. And that is he who must not be names named Apology <laughs> on Good Morning America. And this is the first time that he has spoken out. After a lot that's happened, I mean, him stepping down and... Yeah, what he said obviously had an effect on a lot of people. And on the interview, Michael Strahand interviewed him right on Good Morning America. Mm-hmm. And I guess I on I didn't watch it, but I know that he read off of a letter. Yeah, I didn't watch it either, but I did see clips of it. And it, literally in those clips, you can see him looking down. And yeah. so he's looking down at a piece of paper that he's reading off of. And if you just, I watched 30 seconds of it and you can tell it's very like disingenuous. Like he doesn't give a fuck. Like he's not learning anything. He's not doing anything to change. And he doesn't agree with the words he's saying. It's obvious. Yeah. And Michael Strahan said that. So it's kind of verified. But yeah, yeah. that was crazy. But I mean, I don't really want to like talk about it that much because I just... We shouldn't just waste our time yeah. on him. But yeah, he, yeah. oh, but one important thing he did say in the apology is he's planning on coming back to the franchise. Like he doesn't want to leave. And I'm just interested to see if that's him kind of like putting it out there and seeing it. Okay. Like he said that to the public to like kind of force the franchise not to fire him. Or what do you think? 
he wants to see the response and then plan his life around that and see what he's actually going to do. Yeah. I feel like definitely if people, if there, if, if it is a small amount of people that support him and want him to come back, I think he would consider it. But he just kind of, I think, wants to see what kind of impact that would have on but it's Bachelor the Nation. D- the decision's not up to him, though. It's up to ABC. No. So, yeah. you know. But don't you think it's weird, though, that he backed down rather than him getting fired? ABC probably told him he needs to step down. I highly doubt it was his decision to step down. They probably said, mm-hmm. like, you're going to have to take a break. You can announce it however you want to. And mm-hmm. that's what he did. But I highly, highly doubt that that was his decision yeah definitely not yeah but okay so and then you had one other other thing that you wanted to mention about Rachel's podcast yeah so um Rachel Lindsay is back on Instagram party go follow her but um after this night's episode with um should I just explain what she talks about on the podcast yeah Yeah. okay so basically she had to do a really quick podcast I think it's on bachelor I think it's Bachelor Pod. Um, you can look it up. And I definitely urge anyone to listen to it. But she basically talks about how she had a really difficult time watching um, Matt James and his dad's conversation on the Fantasy Suite episode of The Bachelor. And she basically said that, one, she said she knew for a definite fact that Matt James did not want this to air. He didn't want the conversation to like be on the show and he wanted it to be kept private, but the producer still aired it. And then a second thing is that she pointed out, and I do think it's true that by showing this conversation, it was just like perpetrating this negative stereotype of like black dads and black fathers who leave and are absent. And it's like continuing, continuing the narrative of people believing that black dads are always absent and I agree with her it's just perpetuating this negative stereotype and Matt James we posted this on our Instagram story but I'll read the tweets pretty briefly he right when the episode aired he said on Twitter tonight's conversation with my dad was hard to experience and it's just as hard to watch it all this time later especially knowing the world is watching with me I just wanted to say that too often we see dangerous stereotypes and negative depictions of Black fathers in the media, and they have consequences when presented without context. All I hope is that people watch that conversation with nuance, care, and also an understanding that there are real systematic issues at play. I'm so proud of myself for being vulnerable, and I'm so proud of my mother. I wouldn't be who I am without my dad, and that is a fact. Wow. Yeah. And I think people need to have grace and they need to stop this narrative because it's it's an issue. And it, again, is systematic and it's not okay. So I think I actually, I, I enjoyed seeing him talk to his dad, but I totally understand how it's an issue, how they showed it. And if Matt, that was something really private. And as you see, when you watch it, it's very vulnerable and it's definitely very personal. So if he didn't want that to air and he's the bachelor, I don't think they should have included it. I think that goes against his privacy and goes against it's not okay it just shows the show and the franchise doesn't they don't care about their lead like rachel talked about this in the podcast and it's bachelor party sorry i just looked it up but she says like this shows by them airing it they don't care about matt's feelings they don't care because think about it one in matt's tweets he's right there's no context about his dad like we know his dad wasn't there 
But again, we know nothing about Matt and that's because of the producers. And two, Rachel Lindsay was like, look at Rachel's season. They put a racist man on Rachel's season, the first Black Bachelorette, for a storyline. And they set her up to have to like go out after this person. Yeah. And that is not okay. They, yeah, I mean, also, as you see that they treat all the girls and they manipulate them and they, they make them do crazy shit, they don't care how they feel. They don't care about their mental health at all. And they want money and they want people seeing it and they want people talking about it and they use people. They use yeah. every contestant. Yeah. Everyone um, go listen to that podcast, Bachelor Party yeah. with Rachel Lindsay. She says a lot of things that both Chloe and I didn't realize when we were watching the episode. And yeah, it's mm-hmm. important to take a black person's perspective in this conversation and neither of us are part of that community so yeah if you're not go listen to it if you disagree go listen to her words um but let's get into it start us off let's do it oh my gosh so we have fantasy suites we have three more girls left we have brie michelle and rachel and they all have very deep meaningful connections with matt and it's going to be hard however However, it's pretty obvious who's going to go home from when it started, (laughs) as I can say. So it starts off with a clip of Brie and Matt in her bed, and Brie tells him, she's like, I could really get used to this. And he turns to her and he goes, I think so? (laughs) I don't know. It's just, it's definitely different. And this is what I love about watching The Bachelor once it gets down to, like, the last final episodes, is seeing the different chemistry and if Rachel or Michelle would have said that like oh me too or like kiss them so Mm -hmm. I thought that was definitely something to watch out for spoiler alert but yeah I don't know fire signs just can never hold how they feel so you could totally see it on Matt's face yeah (laughs) he likes her but like it's different yeah I feel like a Sagittarius and a Sagittarius together like just doesn't work I don't there's no balance you know it's just like too Sagittarius I don't know too much fire too much like exploration like you do need a something to ground you you need you need that balance um but I mean we we all knew Brie was gonna go home because she wouldn't have made it I'm sorry to hometowns if Serena didn't leave oh definitely and that's what I was thinking too so I think that's also on Matt's mind Mm because he would have definitely kept Serena but yeah, I don't know. I think it's, I thought she was a Scorpio. She kind of seems like a Scorpio. Yeah, she does. But, Maybe she's but, like on the cusp. I don't, definitely. Oh, because yeah, Scorpio and Sagittarius are so close to each other. And that's why I feel, yeah, they're a little similar. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. But but yeah, continuing. So we see our lovely Michelle walking through, you know, a little pathway through grass. And then she's talking about how her and Matt connect on every level and like they've met in past lives. But mm-hmm. then we see Brie and she's talking about how hard it is because she can't predict her feelings or his feelings or whatever. And, you know, <laughs> she's just, she's really cool. And then Rachel coming in all committed and dedicated to Matt, like 100%. She says that every ounce of her being knows that Matt is her person. Like she, there's no <laughs> other worries in the world. Matt is like everything to her, I guess. Uh, but we see a lot of that during this episode. But yeah, mm-hmm. so then they meet up in their little, you know, pod, their little couch, yeah. and they all sit and chit chat and uh, Yeah, they're all hanging out. And I do kind of like in the beginning, okay, because I'm comparing this to remember Pilot Pete season when this was the first season that Hannah Ann, Victoria F, and Maddie all had to share a same hotel room. And that shit was so awkward. Victoria? Yeah, but especially with like, 
Maddie like being the way that she was with Pete like not wanting him to sleep with anyone else and then Hannah Ann is like we all knew like what we signed up for like you just got to do it like you just needed to like let him explore so comparing that again what referencing sex like it's all right I mean yeah yeah, of course it's always going to be about sex but comparing that energy like the Victoria F Hannah Ann and um, Maddie energy to Michelle Brie and Rachel I kind of like that they're able to bond with each other and engage and they're like talking about hometowns and like you know they're talking about the next week and everything like that and I I liked it they're definitely really civil and yeah they obviously care about each other it's a definitely a different energy than immature Victoria just being like so crazy and Madison Maddie was the crazy one that yeah like Maddie was Dude, I fucking wish we recapped that season. It's my favorite season. Well, we, Julia and I were obsessed. We would watch every single episode and then listen to Chatty Broads shout out the next day. And we would be like texting throughout all of it. It was like (laughs) all we talked about. Yeah, I think we even talked about in previous episodes, but like that was our life. It's all I ever thought about. All I ever cared about (laughs) was that season. And (laughs) it's like my life. I love it so much. But so he who must not be named comes in and he says they started with 38 women did you catch that i know isn't that crazy yeah that's yeah. so insane that's almost 40 people but he just like explains you know fantasy suites you get to spend the night with matt you have all this like extra time blah 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 and the first date card goes to michelle it's time to get even closer and oh my they definitely do and i i kind of guess that she just seems like the first person to go on a fantasy suite date i think it's a great she's such a great energy to start off with like she's super positive it makes it like very exciting yeah you either want like the first date or the third date you don't want to be in the middle uh, yeah, you don't want to be in the middle, but you definitely – I would say the third one is probably the, the best. Is, yeah. Uh, because you're more fresh in their mind. But also, I just had a genius plan if I was ever on the show, Julia, if I ever did fantasy suites for me to win. What? I would make him get so drunk with me. I'd be like, babe, let's <laughs> just keep on drinking. So he's hungover for the next day with the other girl. And when you're hungover, life sucks. Like, you can't even think. You can't even live. So then I feel like it would just distort his judgment and he wouldn't like her. And then he'd obviously be like, Chloe's just so much fun. Like, yeah, of course. Brilliant. (laughs) Fucking genius ideas coming from friends I'd like to drink with. That's so fucking smart, Chloe. I know. But do you think like the turnaround time between dates are is like a day? Like that guy needs some rest, right? Yeah, but then I also think about it. It's a lot of time in between for the girls to see him. And they already only get to see him for two months. Really? Like, spend that much time with him? So, I don't know. I feel like they may space it out. They may not. But if they didn't space it out, I think that's a really good idea. Because obviously, like, also, you don't really sleep either. Like, I feel like, I don't know. Yeah, you just stay up all night probably talking. Fucking genius, Chloe. It's, like, really draining, though. (sighs) Like, I feel like if I was him, I would, like, want to die. But, um, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he must need some time. But also, like, I feel like it is, like, a fast turnaround. I don't really know. It's it's fucking weird. But, dude, yeah. love that genius idea. Like, manipulation, amazing. Totally. Yeah. It's so great. Um, But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> manipulation, amazing. I... <laughs> 
<laughs> Liz, but then also I do feel like he could get like an IV for his hangover. Like I feel yeah. like the production would be like, Matt, you have to keep going. You have to keep going. But yeah. I don't know. It'd be genius and, if that wasn't the case. And with guys, like guys rarely get hangovers. So like you'd really have to like, <laughs> I feel like we're oh, talking about we like, would go cro- him right now. <laughs> I mean, Julia, when we're like, we could drink. So yeah. we just got to bring that party to Fantasy Suites. Mm. And then the next mm-hmm. day they, I mean, Julia, I mean, we party like not that much, but when we do like, <laughs> we're fun. Like, you know, we'll take, we'll take shots oh, and then. So crazy because I feel like, you know, when you just like start drinking and then you like think you're invincible and you think like, I'm not going to over it. Like I could take these shots with this champagne, with this um, tequila soda, with this cosmopolitan, with this margarita. With this beer, with this this white wine. Oh my God. With this white claw. But like no water, like water, it doesn't matter. Like I never, I, I just. Yeah, exactly. And I just want, but really water would totally prevent the hangover. But yeah, I would steal all the water in the room and actually I would be able to drink it. I'd be constantly <laughs> in the bathroom, like drinking water because I love water, but love water. I'll hoard it. But yeah, so um, going back into the episode, uh, should have done it ladies, but Matt is really conflicted because he feels like it's really hard for him to go deep because there is this part of himself that is blocking him because of his experience with his dad and the experiences he went through as a child. And he says that he would normally run from these kind of situations, these kind of talks. And it's like, he's really working through a lot right now, but there is a missing piece that if he is going to move forward to find his wife, that he needs to, he needs to fill that void. And that is his dad because his dad left when he was younger and it really hurt him that he didn't have a dad around and that, you know, he would come over here and there with pizzas or new shoes and, he didn't need the pizza he didn't need the shoes he wanted his dad that part when he said that what I like started crying that was fucking like hits you in the gut like fuck it It really shows you also that we don't know anything about him like this is all coming he is and he's super silly and like this conversation was so intimate and vulnerable and um obviously it made us care for him deeply but it's just like sucks because one we don't know anything about him and two his entire season being the first black bachelor all this stuff Mm -hmm. like has just been completely overrided by all this racism shit and that sucks and all the racism and then also all of the drama of the girls that yes. there is no focus on him as a person. There's no not really a celebration for this monumental moment in history. It was kind of blurred and overshadowed by stupid drama that yeah. was just so stupid. And then we finally get to see this beautiful heart that we've all been waiting for. And he's so vulnerable. He's so just a beautiful, I mean, you just like his heart is so big. And the fact that he was able, like the strength that he has to share this, because obviously this is like a really big deal for him to do that to even talk about it and then to talk about it to national tv i really applaud him for that yeah so let's get into some of the things that we talked about so first his dad comes in and i thought his dad was like such good vibes super cute super smiley like they're both like oh it's been a minute and all this stuff and it's interesting like his dad is like oh this is such a nice house like you've always done well like i'm never worried about Mm -hmm. you like you're always taking care of yourself and I found that that yeah. was super nice and interesting to see and 
Matt is like sub commitment is something I really feared of um, in this situation. And again, his dad is like, I don't think you'll have a problem with that. I think you'll do great. And then you can tell Matt is super nervous and he's emotional Mm. and he says he wants to be a dad and he wants to have a family. And that means showing up. And um, he, he says he's getting emotional because he's thinking about his life and the things that he's missed out on. Um, because he guards his heart because of his dad and, um, you know, his, how his dad acted in his family. Mm -hmm. And then his dad is like, you know, you have to let this go, Matt. And Matt is like, um, he's trying to have these conversations with his dad right now because, um, when he's tried to have these conversations before his dad wasn't there and his dad started other families and this affected Matt and, you know, Matt needs to know where his head was at because he doesn't want to do the same mistakes. Well, yeah, you know, so Matt says, you know, there's never time for a conversation. And his dad responds with that his father was killed when he was five. And that, yeah, in, in he doesn't Africa. know what it's like to have a dad in Africa. And he doesn't, he didn't know how to be a dad because he didn't have that role model. And, you know, the dad says that everyone makes mistakes and, you know, no one's perfect. Matt's not perfect. Like we all make mistakes. And you could tell that he definitely felt regret for not being there for him. But again, we are all people like we do all make mistakes. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, though. Like, I know it must be uncomfortable for the dad, but like his dad's like saying, well, I didn't have a father either. And you're not perfect either. But like, I liked that Matt like kind of stood his ground and was like, yeah, right. But I'm talking about me and like, I don't know how that feels to not have a dad in Africa, but I know how it feels not have it to have a dad in the United States and um I don't know I just like I really respected that and you know he really stood his ground he was like really strong yeah and and he was saying like he asked his dad like would you want your daughter to like be treated the way you treated my mom basically and Matt was like I'm proud of my mom for having the courage to leave you and it was interesting like it was such a raw conversation his dad's like well you know your mom left when you guys were like two or three and and Matt's like I'm proud of my mom for leaving and yeah I don't know it was super interesting and you could tell though that the dad was kind of caught off guard because the dad was like look I'm I'm not here to talk about this like I'm here to celebrate you yeah but then Matt was like it's this is not a celebration like I need to face these demons so I'm I'm wondering how yeah how ABC got him to be on the show and it was obviously not going to be talked about him leaving and that emphasis on it which they have been emphasizing throughout this entire season so yeah I mean that is like definitely to something to notice but but yeah I think their talk was I thought it went well because I mean afterwards like I think it was great for Matt to get that off of his chest and tell him what's been literally dumping on his shoulders for a year like years and years this has hindered his growth like this is his demons so I think him finally settling his dad like did apologize Mm -hmm. obviously yeah you can't make up for all those years but at least like you could move forward and try to make a change and I think Matt really respects that and they they were like hugging and I thought it was I thought it was cute to see the end the end when he was like, I'm still going to kick your ass at soccer. And he's like, I know, it's like, what did the dad say? It was so funny. He was like, no, I'm still the boss or something like that. He's like, no, I'm a beast or something yeah, like yeah. that. Like, he was it like, was hell no. Or, yeah. 
and then they're like hugging they walk past like I don't know they walk outside and I thought it was however though if Matt didn't want this to be aired this is very personal so I don't know that is kind of like defying a lot of trust but but yeah I I think that they made progress from this conversation from what we saw yeah I mean obviously it seemed like Matt grew a lot from it it's just like you know, sometimes like having these conversations, like these vulnerable and very sacred words with like intimate family members is super yeah. hard. It, it's harder. it's really uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. And it's, it's harder yeah. to have these talks like with family members compared to That's friends or like acquaintances, you know what I mean? And it just sucks if he didn't really, I, I don't think he wanted this to be aired and they they're kind of just like, I don't give a fuck about you. I'm just going to air your dirty laundry. Like if I was in his position, uh, I'd feel like so like cheated almost. Yeah. Cause I feel like those memories and those feelings, they're roots that are so deep that like when that cord is touched, it's like, fuck, like it's like an electrocution. It's, it's a lot like his family is like, they mean a lot. Yeah. And it's also just like the most sensitive topic. Like you can tell this has affected him obviously his entire life and you know it's it's not just as easy as one conversation that's done like that's just what's funny about the show like they're making it seem like he had one conversation mm-hmm. and then he's completely fixed and it's just like that's just not how life is it's like an inch progress you know obviously there's so much more to go but yeah they made it seem <laughs> like it's like a rainbow like it started at the bottom and it went all the way around now we're at the end in the pot of gold and it's just like wow their relationship's perfect. But yeah, I thought it was good to see, but I yeah. wish I didn't see it because that's Matt's heart. So I, I feel a little sure. uncomfortable that he didn't want us to see that. You know? Yeah, I agree. But let's let's move on to Michelle's um, fantasy suite, the day portion. Yes. Oh, she's just so, so Okay, I wrote this down in my notes, but I don't know if I still feel this way. I felt like his smile was a little bit off when she came. So I'm curious, like the time of when he had his conversation with his dad and then their fantasy suite. I wonder, like, I feel like it was the same day. It was the same day, I think. Yeah, because he was, like, walking around and he was walking around the water fountain and he was giving commentary on what just happened and, like, how he feels. And then, yeah, now he's, like, straight into the date with Michelle, which is, again, very draining. But, yeah, I mean, it's super cute. It's, like, drizzly outside. She has, like, an umbrella and she gets a spa day. I'm so jealous. But then you see the spa and you're like, I actually don't want to be here. Like, I okay. would not want to go. Dude. Okay, let's talk about it. So honestly, I'm not going to lie. The milk bath looks kind of nice. <laughs> but did you see like all of the animal fur? Like yeah, vegan's was... dream. Like a bear. Yeah. I would be so like weirded out with all the animal fur so weird Matt was like this is like weird there's fur everywhere he's like the oh the there looks like there's oatmeal in a tub like he was so weirded out Matt was so excited to smash his feet in the oatmeal like he loved it and he loved the smell of it Michelle has like definitely a thing about tasting things which I think is kind of funny like they're kind of acting like they're kids and I think that's kind of their relationship it's very like kid-like and like exploratory and very just fun and silly it's very playful. Um, I didn't love the whole butter thing because, like, think about the smell of butter, like uh, on yeah. someone's bo- like. If it was oil, that'd be fine, but like butter, they just wanted to be creepy and be like weird. so anti-vegan. 
so like, anti-vegan we do not approve <laughs> they can't just use olive oil that's you know uh, vegetarian it was, yeah it was weird but basically they're just like getting their physical chemistry on oh, yeah. um, matt says after their whole massage spa day that um he felt the most comfortable with michelle's family out of anyone and yeah. um I really liked the part where she was talking about how it's important to work on staying in love, not just falling in love. And that's so true because it's such a mature thing to say life changes constantly and love changes. You can't expect to be like in the honeymoon phase forever, you know, and it it's so important to like continuously show someone that you care for them and not lose that spark. Definitely. And just acknowledging the hard work and effort and the stress and just of life and then having a relationship and having kids, it definitely interferes with your relationship and like really your happiness because it kind of gets, you know, to the push to the back burner. But yeah, yeah, I think that was so mature and I love it. And I was like, genius. You're amazing. You're just the best, most perfect person. But yeah, I mean, what a weird date but they seem to make it fun because I think Michelle mentions that whenever she's around Matt it doesn't matter what they're doing where's that with Brisa I don't know well they just (laughs) they have fun no matter what (laughs) they they play they play um they are so playful I love it but let's get into the night portion so yes Matt says this night he wants to focus on being open and emotional with Michelle and Michelle is you know we shouldn't look past her she's such a good fucking player she starts off the night being like she wants him to know that he can open up with her about anything and she wants to know why he is who he is it's like michelle did you know that like he had this entire conversation with his dad but that's so smart because once you get personal with the guy talking about childhood that's like their gold and then once you hook them with that and then start him off with opening up this personal information with her, he's going to feel this attachment and the need to keep her on. Wow. I love it. She's so smart. And she obviously has good intentions with it too. I mean, obviously she Mm -hmm. wants to win, but she's smart. Very smart. Okay. He opens up about his conversation with his dad saying a lot of his insecurities are rooted in with um, what happened between his mom and his dad, their relationship, the distress, distress, um, distress, distressed, distress. unfaithful, distressed. Do you hear the it? distress? Distressed. Does that sound right? He's, distressed. Distressed. Wow. Yeah, he's distressed. No, but, but I'm saying like, there, like he, there was distressed. Dis, distressed. Oh, like, trust was broken trust was broken there was unfaithfulness (laughs) and lack of communication sometimes they have like there was distrust (laughs) stop there was distrust yes okay okay I thought you were saying distress (laughs) I was so confused I was like I know distrust (laughs) it sounded like distress but I'm trying to say distrust sometimes I have a really hard time like articulating my words it's I think it happens to everyone yeah, okay. words are different. Um, why don't you take this over? <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So they're eating and he opens up to Michelle because she's just such a lovely listener and she is someone I would want to talk to about things. And she says that, you know, what you went through was horrible, but it hasn't affected how much love you've given me and brought to the table. 
And I think that just makes him smile. And <laughs> okay, so you know how whenever they do like the dinner dates, the food is fake. Like they tell you before, yes. like they tell you before and not to eat. Okay, wait, one shout out, Nick Vile. I saw you at a... <laughs> I saw you at an Upright Citizens Brigade show. I'm actually wearing a UCB shirt. And he came on and he was a guest for this comedy troupe. And he gave all the secrets of The Bachelor. And it was actually because they said he was trying to be an actor. Like he was an aspiring actor. And that's why they brought him on the show. And so he shared his experience with Caitlin and what it was like and how they tell you to like walk around and they film you. And like everything. (laughs) And my mom, they asked the audience, like, who watches The Bachelor? And this is, like, in Los Angeles, like, a comedy group of people, I guess. And me and her were the only ones who raised their hands. And I remember we were actually... Like I was like five feet away from Nick. I'm, I was, I think I've told you this so many times. I was so excited. Like my mom and I were like ear to ear smiles. Like we didn't know <laughs> with ourselves because we didn't know he was going to be there. And then my mom used to oh. love the bachelor. And then yeah. I like having him right in front of me and then talking about the bachelor was so incredible. But yeah, so he, yeah. And they tell you to eat beforehand. That's what he said. And that, mm. yeah, it's all fake food. But Matt, like, so he picks up the, you know, fantasy sweet date card letter well, you could see that the plate, it was the food yeah. didn't even move. Yeah, I know. It was so weird. And he lifted it up like so gently to like avoid. The food. I was like weird. So that's what made me start talking about the food. And then it led to my thought about Nick. But yeah, so then they lead themselves to the fantasy suite and the red door. <laughs> what remind you of the red room of pain? Stop. She's gray. I was like, oh my gosh, We're what crazy. are they about to do in here? <laughs> Willie and I were seniors in high school obsessed like I wanted to write what is it EJ EL James I want to write her a letter about how much her book has changed my life wait (laughs) I forgot I meant to um tell you apparently for 50 shades of gray they're gonna um she's releasing the book of Christian's version his perspective this summer (gasps) oh my gosh we have to read it I'm so excited (gasps) we have to like we used to I think we talked about this on an episode but we used to like Chloe would come to my house and we would read together. <laughs> so weird. It was, it was, but okay, the thing is, like, we loved, like, the love story. We were so yeah. into it that, you know, the sex, it got, like, a little, because there are so, so many scenes where it's sex, but you know what? Whatever. Let's make sex, like, more normal. I don't so know. It's normal. Like, but also, remember, like, the second book, we cried so much. <laughs> I was just going to say Fifty Shades Darker. I reread that book like four <laughs> times. I was obsessed. Like, Julia, right when we finished, what is it, Fifty Shades Freed, we went back to Fifty Shades Darker yeah, and reread so it good. because we were so obsessed. I We also didn't have boyfriends at the time. Like, that was, I mean, no. Christian Grey was everything to us, but more so the actor Jamie Dornan. And maybe we'll talk about that later on in the episodes the funniest story everyone like it's oh just my god I know what you're gonna say so Don't stop. crazy but okay Can we talk about going. that story because it's I hilarious don't know what scripts people listen because I know there's more scripts people who listen than we we think you know based on our analytics but like if we talk about that story it could get us in a lot of trouble with certain scripts people that is true, but you know what? We're just kind of speaking about what happened. And I think that, yeah, you know, we true. were all different. We were probably really annoying too. Like I oh I can't so imagine annoying. being in that person's shoes. We were obsessed. <laughs> it was like Stop. we're I don't, hilarious. Well, well, and guess what? However, we did maintain a few a few friends during that time too. Like Avery and Carolyn <laughs> still hung out with us. So it wasn't like I think they they were happy that we were so happy. It was like our life we had hope. 
We had so much light and love in our lives when we were reading that series. It's all we cared about. And then Jamie, he was like our boy. (laughs) I think when we were younger, we were just like so living in our own world. And he was either like, you get into our world or you you don't. And if you're not like, yeah, don't don't hang out with us then. Yeah, you don't have to hang out with us. It's all good. We we know we can be annoying. (laughs) We're self-aware, but like we're happy. Do you want me to be depressed? (laughs) Or do you want me to be happy? You know what I've honestly realized? It's like, you you know when you're like overly conscious about like situations, like when you're meeting new people and you're like, oh, did they like me? Like, did I act weird? Like, blah, blah, blah. And you know what I realized is like, even if I act annoying and even if maybe like they don't like me, if I'm genuinely being myself, it really doesn't even matter at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Oh, like, it, and I think that's yourself. all anyone could really do. And it's really sad that society makes us think like question how we act and how we should refine ourselves to be the certain person. And I mean, a lot of people are artificial. And then the people who are like, like us, like, yeah, we are weird, but at least like we are who we are and we're not holding back or putting on this fake persona. And they like to eat those kind of people alive sometimes, you know? Yeah, because at the end we're of vulnerable. the day, yeah, and at the end of the day, it's like people are just always projecting what oh, they yeah. don't like about themselves onto other people. Like, you know, yeah. we're not perfect. Like when I don't oh. like someone or if I'm annoyed with someone, I have to catch myself and be like, well, what are you annoyed with in yourself? And like, what do you not like about yourself right now? Like, are you in a good place? Are you unhappy? Because you're literally just projecting what you don't like about yourself. And it's always right. It's yes. like, okay, I'm mad at this person because of this, because they're acting this way. And it's always because they're acting in a way that you're struggling with within yourself yes. and that you're annoyed maybe with yourself of or where you want to be or who you want to I don't know it's just there it's so complicated that it's never personal and that's it's what never, and then, it's never personal but, because it's so many problems are rooted in jealousy too it's like oh uh, you're upset because yeah. someone did this like is it because you're just jealous because you're not doing what they're doing because that's how I can be a lot of the time definitely and I think once you realize this though you become a lot more free to be who you are and then be more self-aware of those negative feelings that you feel and working on them and being like okay I felt jealous because of this how can I work on myself or how can I just realize that jealousy is just so stupid let everyone shine as bright as they can you know yeah, why are you like jealous you free yourself but you also free others to be like you need a what I'm really working on now is like holding space for myself to be myself, but holding space for other people to be themselves without judgment yeah. and to be free of bias and opinions and, you know, creating a safe space for everyone to feel comfortable to just Definitely. let their freak flag f- fly. Fa-fa-fa-fa. <laughs> I just like <laughs> had our time. But then it's also just like being proud of your friends and not like comparing yourself. Like I feel like I used to do that so often and everyone's on their own path. And when you look at life, like everything happens in these minuscule reasons, like so many reasons a day and everything happens for a reason. And they're lined up because of that in order to affect all these different things that are just happening. It's like a web, but everything's in place for a reason. And you cannot ever compare yourself to another person because there's just too many things going on that there's no need to compare and just trust the universe, trust your path and just do all that you can do. And then once you start doing that and like life becomes a lot more enjoyable and bearable and not so toxic. Dude, 
That's so true. It's so beautiful. Okay, let's get back to the toxicity. So, yes. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, they oh. are in their hotel suite. Matt looks kind of nervous, honestly. And Michelle tells Matt that she loves him. Yeah. And he looks happy, but he doesn't say anything back. He kisses her, but that's also really smart of her to do because she's like on camera. And that's also gaining people's supportive for her i don't know she's so smart but yeah she said it's the most she said at the perfect time she also said in the most perfect nurturing beautiful she's perfect but yeah they are looking out of a tower you know he's like behind her holding her and she's like i can get used to this like they look very they look happy i think i really love them like i ship them together like they're my favorite but I love them. I feel like they do have a genuine connection. And then it goes back to the woman and it's Rachel is basically kind of losing it. And she's, you know, being jealous of Michelle being with him. And Brie also kind of, I feel like Brie looks overwhelmed because Rachel keeps talking about it. Okay. This is also something I noted and it has to do with your cognitive functions and like introverted feeling and extroverted feeling. So what I feel like what's going on is Rachel is she expresses like she when she feels like she has to express that with others like she can't internalize it and I feel like Brie is more of a introverted feeler where she's internalizing all this information and processing it and she expresses her emotions to herself rather than having to connect it to her environment. I don't know. That's just something I'm obsessed with this. This is like also all I ever do. But yeah, so Michelle walks in and I mean Rachel is just struggling like struggling and Michelle I mean I don't know I felt kind of bad for Michelle because obviously she used to talk and she's happy like she's smiling and Rachel's just like not feeling it and Michelle's kind of like she Michelle looked at the camera like she definitely felt like kind of uncomfortable she's like why why do I have to talk to them after this date like this is so weird but she's like doing her best because she's so polite and graceful but yeah Brie I mean Brie's kind of just neutral I guess I don't I don't know if it's the internalizing feeling whatever but Rachel was definitely like very upset and not okay with seeing Michelle return back from being with Matt yeah um I thought it was really cute when Matt was like standing at the balcony and like said called Michelle and like said bye I don't know I thought it was really cute and then he also said it's almost not fair having this experience right off the bat because Michelle just like sets the bar so high and he could see her as his wife and I don't know the thing is it's like I still think Rachel wins but after watching this episode it kind of does seem like Michelle's the front runner and I do think he should end up with Michelle but I don't know maybe those two weeks are gonna hurt her that she didn't have I think Rachel definitely wins and it's really sad because I, I mean I think what him and Michelle have is really beautiful yeah but in his eyes I think it's all about Rachel, to be honest. I agree. Because he's only voiced to Rachel that he's, like, falling in love with her. He hasn't said anything to Michelle. And, like, I don't know. It just sucks because, obviously, Michelle is more mature than Rachel. And I think that her and Matt could have had something, like, genuine and real. And It could have been a real marriage. Everything happens for a reason. So it's all I don't think – I'm not saying he's not ready for that. But, like, again, he is a guy in his 20s living in New York City. I mean, I don't know. I think maybe what the reason if Michelle doesn't win is he's like not ready for that really deep, serious. I mean, not saying what him and Rachel isn't serious, but like Michelle is like 
I'm going to die with you. And Matt, yeah. you know, marriages don't really work. Not saying I'm just saying, you know, m- marriages nowadays, they it's rare if it lasts forever. So yeah, I don't, know. I don't, I don't think he's actually honestly ready for a marriage. Like Michelle is like wifey material where like oh, yeah. Rachel is like potential wife material, but it's like him and Rachel can go party. They can go chill. She's only 24. Like Michelle's 29 or something like that. Like that is a difference. Like 29 to 24 can be a very big difference when it comes to at least women. Definitely. She's definitely fiance material. Yeah. She's not wife material. But well, I mean, I don't know her, but no, I've yeah. Oh, Rachel's fiance material. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but like never reaches the wedding. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, We'll get into her in a little bit because I have some words, but Okay, let's go through Breeze. I'm sorry, but Breeze date was like low key kind of boring. Basically, Matt says they're going to be hiking through the woods and he has sleeping bags and it like low key seems like they're going to be camping. But okay, dude, did you realize that Matt and Bree have the same laugh? That like ha 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 ha. Is that like no. a Sagittarius thing? Yes, they have I don't the know. same she, they have the exact same laughing? laugh. It's cute. I feel like it totally, I don't know, for some reason I haven't noticed it, but they kind of, I don't know. It's like a, their laughter. I feel like they have nothing to talk about. So they just laugh. Like it's Yeah. I feel like, I feel like they don't connect. And I feel like I low key feel like I'm not like disregarding Bree's feelings, but I feel like she knows that they don't genuinely connect. And I feel like she's just like laughing at anything he says. And she's just like seeing how far she can get like in the journey. Cause I feel like she knows I think she is like a really powerful woman and she definitely embodies that and owns it. And I think she doesn't, I don't know. I think she thinks that's like enough because she's done a lot of work on herself. So she's like, if you don't choose me, man, I don't know what's wrong with you. And I love that. And I think she has that kind of confidence, but yeah, I don't think they connect on the same level as Michelle and Rachel. I think it's totally different. It's more of like a, you know, we're dating, but their relationship is like, I will die for you. Well, at least with Rachel, it's like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, it's definitely different. But um, I mean, I yeah, I love Brie. I respect her. And I mean, we'll get into it. But like world's most beautiful crier ever. She's so gorgeous. (laughs) I couldn't stop looking at her when she was crying. I was like, this is just so beautiful. She looks stunning (laughs) while doing it. It's like actual. It's like theatrical. It was beautiful literally art was art and her makeup and just her face and her tears and her eyes it was beautiful her words so much but but yeah so matt jokes with her and he says we're going camping super lame uh she falls for it at first but then they're in the tent and they close it and matt's like haha no we're actually gonna go to a suite we're not camping and she was very very relieved about that And I think that's mostly it. They're, like, just camping and being weird, putting up a tent. Yeah, super boring. Not boring, but it's just, like, not eventful. Um, And then they get into the night portion. Yeah. Matt talks about, you know, he does his spiel again about how much he's grown from his dad's conversation. And his mom sacrificed everything. And Brie says, you know, she'd be lucky to meet his mom. And I liked their conversation, like about you know because they're similar because they both didn't have dads growing up and I liked yeah when Brie gets emotional and she says like she wants her dad to know like who she 
the woman that she's become and she thinks he'd be proud of her. And I really liked that part. It just, I don't know. And then she says like, she's so in love with him in his face. Like his, you could just tell, like, it's just not there. No, he's definitely disconnected. And did you notice in the beginning, he's like, so tell me lady of the woods, like trying to make, he's just so silly. Like he's always making jokes. I mean, I think so if he said that to me, I'd turn off, but, but yeah. So then I'd be like, I'm flattered. (laughs) But then, yeah, he seems a little tired. I also noted that he seemed tired and they spend the night together. And obviously I don't know what happens. He's like, I feel like he's probably just really excited to hook up with her too. I mean, she's yeah, beautiful. definitely. And I don't know if they hooked up or not. We're not Brie. We're not Matt. But yeah, in the morning, Matt looks really, really, really tired. And she's talking about how this night was more than she could have expected. And they're like making breakfast, but I think he's tired. I don't, I mean, I don't think he feels the same kind of connection because I feel like if you have a really strong connection, it's not really effort to put in time. And I feel like with them, it might not be as deep. So it might be a little bit harder, but we don't see that kind of exhaustion with Michelle or Rachel. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I mean, Matt, I mean, he obviously acknowledges how perfect Brie is. And he says, you know, this is the reason why I came here is to find a person like Brie. And now he says, this is actually something, sorry. Um, he says, you know, it's hard for her to leave because the next time he's going to see her is a rose ceremony. I think he knows like the next time, like I'm not going to be able to like see her again. Totally. So, I mean, again, another hint of what is going to happen. Yeah, I totally agree. And then what? And wait, sorry. And then he talks, he starts talking about how hard it's going to be when he has to have someone go and to send someone home Mm. after spending all this time together. And he starts having those thoughts after spending the night with Brie, which is, I don't know, a little crazy. So we did pick up on something, Julia. Yeah, foreshadowing for sure. And then sorry if you can hear my dog literally (laughs) running around. She's being a fucking psycho. Um, But then- It goes back to the woman and Rachel's complaining again. And she literally is like, I don't even want to see Brie. And okay, (gasps) this is, this is what's really interesting is. Mm -hmm. So in this episode, we see Rachel spiraling, right? And I, I mean, I get it. I would probably be the same way. That's a really like pressured environment. But the thing is, is like, this kind of makes me go back to this theory that like Rachel could have gotten a really bad edit because she's really spiraling right now and she yeah you know is saying a lot more like she's a lot more commentary and we haven't really seen her in the season like she's been very low-key and then remember we talked about in the last episode that Rachel was the girl who was like started crying when Matt like brought everyone into prayer so I feel like she has a low-key very annoying personality and she just, it got it edited away because she's probably the winner. Yeah. I mean, and there's also definitely like footage of her giving interviews and who knows what she was saying or complaining about. And now they're just now showing it. But yeah, she was like pouting. She was like really upset. Dude, Kinda, it's... Michelle like looked low-key annoyed with Rachel. <laughs> yeah, because she's like, okay, why are you complaining? You knew what you were signing up for. But again, we don't know what it feels like to be in that kind of position. Who knows? Like my emotions yeah. would be going crazy. So We don't know, but yeah, we're just kind of telling it as it is. But do we want to get into the day portion of Rachel's fantasy suite date? Let's do it. Because yeah, she talks about how, you know, she's been feeling pressure about their time together. 
and kind of like wondering if he doesn't feel the same way anymore after spending all this time with these other girls and of course spending the night with them but yeah so day date of Rachel she has never been this nervous to see him she feels like her heart is in her throat and she worries again like what I said his feelings have changed and might have a stronger connection with someone else and so they meet up and again Matt right off the bat could kind of tell that something is off with her and she said it's been the hardest week of her life they hug. You could kind of feel what they have this energy connection. Like they feel each other's energy. Mm-hmm. And I think you do have that when you connect so strongly with someone like that is completely present. So I think they have that special connection that I don't know about usually, but I'm always looking for that. Cause that's like kind of, it's like addicting, but like, cause once you feel it, it's like you want that. But I think they have that from what I could see, but yeah, you know, he says he's been, you know, all right, which you know, uh, and he's been thinking about her and she's said that, you know, that's something that's been on her mind. She's definitely, her love language is words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. She's constantly seeking validation, but yeah, yeah, I think Matt's definitely an empath. He's feeling her energy. He's so sensitive, but then we get to this really weird date of ceramics and there, it's just like very sexually hinting towards a lot. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Remember the intro of like Pilot Pete's season and he's like literally doing ceramics and there's like multiple women. He's like naked and there's multiple women like behind him. Like that's the reaction and like, oh, that's what I thought about. So but weird. Okay, let me say this. So they're doing ceramics and obviously Rachel's off and she says like, we need to talk. Like, and she basically pulls him aside, stops the class and says, like, this week has been unbearable for her. Like, she pictures a future with him, like, as her husband, but she didn't think she would get through this week. She says she wants him to look into every relationship, and that's what, like, he needs to do. But um, she's getting in her head about, like, her feel- his feelings changing about her, and, like, she doesn't want to lose him. And in this moment, I had a very very important realization and that realization is victoria f is back victoria (laughs) f is in this motherfucking franchise because rachel is literally pulling victoria f like behavior right now like she i mean it's manipulative it's manipulative she she is like starting drama she's asking for attention she's asking for validation and guess what rachel and victoria f are both Libras. Wow, Julia, do you ever feel like you do that since you're half Libra? (laughs) Well, dude, I did write this down. I think it is my rising Libra. I do that too. Like I'll start drama for, but I don't think it's actually my Libra. I think it's my Scorpio because I like to have the power, my Venus and Mars and Scorpio. I like to have the power. So I'll start drama to regain the power, if that makes sense. I well I do something again I also love having the power but what I saw in her what she was doing is similar to me like when I because words of affirmation like people's words have a lot of power for me so I seek those words in order to get them and then once I get them I'm like I could live like I could breathe um and I definitely think she needed that to go on with this relationship and kind of get those words even though she had to spell it out for him to say because obviously like she's trying to get him to tell her that you know, he loves her or stuff, whatever. Like she wants to hear that in order to feel safe and feel like she could trust him and, yeah, you know, feel she, confident in this process. She but yeah, definitely validation. manipulative. 
Yeah, she's oh, yeah. literally she's... Victoria F. And then yeah. Matt brings yeah. up the parachuting again. And I do think this parachuting, this moment, like we said before, is when he like fell in love with her because he's like, it made him think about a life without Rachel. And like he says, he's falling in love with her again. And then now everything is fine. And she's smiling and she's oh, happy. Oh, yeah. That's why you can, you know, once she gets the words, like she, you know, feels so happy that's exactly what she wanted and yeah she's a light on her face it's totally different than the the pouty little sad face that she had earlier when she was upset but yeah so we get into the night portion of the date and you know she's wearing this red dress that I think she got from the fashion date where he took her shopping and spoiled her Mm -hmm. and he remembered it he was like oh is that the dress from the date she's like yeah but yeah so He tells Rachel that he's been going through a lot and like dealing with everything and trying to get that 100% clarity that he needs in order to wholeheartedly love her. So, I mean, he has shifted this experience to make it more towards Rachel than just talking about what happened. So he really sees her as his wife. And yeah, they, they really, really want kids. It's like all they're talking about. And she really wants him to be there for her and she appreciates that and like there for their kids and so they already have these previous you know I mean they, they have this plan in the future sorry my brother keeps texting me <laughs> no it's fine I mean I think like throughout the episode and like through other episodes I really realized his smile is just like so big when he's with her and like oh. he really like loves her and I mean whatever makes you happy dude like follow your heart like you can tell like he's just like so happy when he's with her and yeah whatever floats your fucking boat but they have a great night you know she wore that red dress you know he loves the color red on anyone oh yeah I mean he I mean he even called her like sexy later on in like a confessional but then you also can see when he talks to her and when he was talking about this this experience, like there were tears in his eyes when she would talk about a future with yeah. him. He was very vulnerable. It's like they don't need to talk. It feels like it's like this energy going on and they just understand each other and it's effortless. And I mean, again, she's very confident in the way that she speaks about Matt and she knows that he's her person. So I do think that this energy... I'd, this energy thing that they have is so real and he feels it obviously he lo- he's he's told her that he's falling in love with her and he hasn't done that with any other girls and he did that a long time ago yeah you're right I mean the energy relationship they have you're so right like they don't have to speak to understand each other and that is something you can't you know work on to create you know that's oh, yeah. something you have or you don't have and that is super rare to even experience you know so you're you're so right on that it's really rare and so when you have that you don't want to lose it and you want to work on that but again we don't see the morning portion of the date so we don't get to see Mm -hmm. them waking up next to each other so I thought that was interesting yeah I didn't even realize that that's so true though so weird but okay do we want to get to the the rose ceremony yeah you dive into it and I'll supply some funny commentary. I love it. I honestly don't have much because it really like, wasn't much. It's I like don't these, either. <laughs> these rose, rose ceremonies are so extended with these like dramatic moments in music where nothing like actually really happens. 
but <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Uh, but, yeah. but can we talk about how fucking beautiful Brie looks? Like, oh. the most beautiful person in the entire fucking world. Model. Beautiful. Her hair, her she's stunning. I mean, it must have been really hard for him to send her home looking like that. And, I, and she yeah. totally knew it. But yeah, so we get Michelle. Uh, you know, she's greeted by he who must not be named. And she says that Matt is everything she's been looking for. And she feels like she's on top of the world, but she's also scared because how can you not be scared in this moment during this rose ceremony? That means so much. And then Brie is also greeted and she feels like she got the opportunity to progress in their relationship, having that overnight date. And then Rachel is greeted again, goes by Rach. She says that she loves him. Yeah. Rach again, like this is what I'm saying. Like, I get it now. Like, he must not be named when he was having that interview with Rachel Lindsay. He was defending his friend. Maybe his potential lover. They seem like they have a different kind of friendship than with Michelle and Brie. They have something, like, special. (laughs) Maybe Rach and he must not be named, like, have that energy bond, too. (laughs) Can you imagine if, like, things later on leak out, (laughs) Rach and he who must not be named have, like, this affair the entire time? Stop, dude. I would – my heart would break. Like, already my heart breaks for Matt in, like, so many different types of ways. And I know Matt chooses Rach. Like, that – I definitely think he does. And But then it would force him to be – with Michelle who is just perfect but obviously not meant to be she's obviously meant to be with someone else yeah but but yeah I mean she is completely committed to Matt she will die for Matt she says she's never felt this confident in her entire life I noted that or -hmm. she's never felt that way I don't know why I said confident but if she said so she totally knows she's gonna win and she said that the fantasy suites just clarified everything for her but yeah, so Matt opens it up. They're all together. I thought it was really cute that Brie and Michelle kind of like touched arms or something. Like it was yeah. very cute, very comforting. Uh, I really like how there's a friendship or at least some warmth there and not just dominated by envy and jealousy. But Matt comes in and he says that, you know, this me- this week has been monumental and that this is the hardest decision he's ever had to make, which they always say, which it is a very hard decision. But Michelle gets the first rose. Yeah. Interesting. Because she got the first rose the last time too. Exactly. So, I mean, there's definitely something there. And then in between this moment, these long moments, dramatic, Rachel says that if she doesn't get the rose, she has to figure out her entire life and how to live without him. And yeah, pretty. Yeah. She, I don't know. Crazy. And then (laughs) the final, it's just like, yeah, I mean, these, I love, I'm so, I love these like feelings though. It's like, yeah, like when you do really like someone, like they are everything to you. So it's kind of cute to be. Honestly, like, yeah, like when you love someone and you really connect with someone, dude, that's so scary. Like, I'm just sympathizing with all of them right now. Like, oh, yeah. They're all, they all seem so deep with him and like really in love with him. At least like Rachel and, uh, Michelle honestly do seem like super deep in love with them and with him and that's scary to like know that it could just be like ripped away just anytime it's the worst feeling and I can't imagine how he's going to break up with Michelle not only how she's going to take it but how he's going to get himself to break up with her because he knows their what their connection is is like so sacred and like that playful like it's it's a very special relationship and he knows that like letting that go is gonna be really hard 
I don't know though, dude. Like, yeah, I think Rachel wins, but like, uh, watching it and watching the preview, I can't understand like what happens next week in the finale. Okay, let's get into the preview. Basically, Brie goes home, beautiful crier. Like, he basically just says like, it's just they're not right for each other in a romantic sense, you know? And that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Rejection's hard to swallow. I'm sorry, Brie. We love you so fucking much. But we love you. um, Yeah, so we get the preview and we see that Matt is crying. He doesn't know if he can go on anymore. Rachel's like, he he won't even talk to me. Michelle's crying in that. It's interesting because he goes in the elevator of the hotel and you see him. And then you see Michelle crying in like the hotel hall. So I'm like, yeah, fuck, does he yeah. break up with Michelle before he proposes to Rachel? But then Rachel's like, he doesn't even want to talk to me. It looks like his mom like loves Rachel or Michelle. And I feel oh, like yeah. Rachel, I feel like she doesn't like Rachel for some reason. Well, she just knows Michelle's the right choice, you know? Like, that's, like, the logical, if you want to get married and stuff. But I I don't know. His mom is, like, love isn't the end-all, be-all. Like, his mom comes in, like, a fucking hurricane. Well, she's, like, like, she's, like, if you want a family, like, right now, you know, Michelle is, I mean, she's, like, a teacher. I don't, I mean, I don't know what Rachel does. I'm not, like, judging her. I'm just saying from what we know from Michelle, she just seems like the perfect person. From my, what I see, I mean, it looks like what they have is just just adorable and she probably thinks like okay Matt if you want to you know have you find the person you're gonna die with Michelle is the choice Rachel I mean yeah have fun get engaged we'll see what happens but like Michelle like you're gonna set the date you're gonna pick out the ring I don't know that's just from what I see no judgment please everyone not trying to be mean yeah no I I get what you're saying I see what you're saying it'll be interesting to see I'm I'm excited to see his mom again and I'm excited to see his brother too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I feel like Matt has a much more complicated, obviously, family relationship um than we've seen. And it sucks that we don't know that much about it. Uh I'm excited to get a little insight though. But fuck Mary Kill. Fuck Mary Kill. Okay. So fuck Brie, Mary Michelle, yeah. kill Rachel. One hundred percent. I fuck Bree, marry Matt because I just loved him this interview with his dad interview conversation with his dad uh kill Rachel sorry I would also marry Matt if he, I didn't know he was an option he's just I love like his vulnerability yeah is so sexy to me like I want a guy who's that open and can it was I, I just I was very impressed by what I saw and I just love him more and more every time we see him he's just he- hot he is hot I flip-flop with him but like I don't know I just really like him recently and I genuinely I'm excited to watch the after the final rose next week because I think we'll get a lot more insight to like his his journey personally and like we have to remember like obviously there's so much pressure on him being the first black bachelor and then he's never been on the show he doesn't understand how the show is he probably trusted the show a lot then everything with his dad this week like he obviously can't trust like these producers. And... Do you think he's sorry? Do you think he's going to talk about this trust issue and what was leaked? He could have talked about it, but we don't know because the after the final rose isn't live this year. It's already taped, so the producers have the right to edit it however they want. So if they talk about something like that's what I was thinking like last episode, the women tell all. I really feel like Victoria, Queen Victoria brought up the body shaming 
video of Matt and his friend. And I think the producers just cut it. Wow. I mean, so yeah, everyone should keep this in mind when you watch. Like, don't watch. It's totally subjective to what they want us to see. Yeah. But I, I, facts about what happened. I think, though, if they don't, you know, show the honest and raw conversations, there will be a lot of backlash. And with, we didn't talk about this, but there is a host of the after the final rose, and it's um, Emmanuel Acho. Is that his name? So he has like, a lot of YouTube videos, um, uncomfortable conversations with a black man. If you guys should all go and watch it, he is incredible and he's the perfect person to be the host for this. Definitely. And he's Rachel's friend. Yeah. She was the one who was like, he would be perfect for this, um, position. And I really hope, I really don't think they can edit that much out because I think Emmanuel will say something. I think a lot of people would say something. I'm ready to get the real raw shit. And I feel like, yeah, yeah. I mean, if he will speak out if it is edited. And I'm I'm actually really excited to see it. We're going to have both in one night. I mean, what more can we ask for? Dude, <laughs> everyone get ready for a fucking five-hour podcast episode. This is going to be crazy. But, I know. How are um, we it? Yeah. I, I, thank you, everyone, for listening and tuning in. Um, again, so next week will be – our last bachelor recap for Matt James. We're going to go back into our series. I think we are going to do three or four episodes on um, the topic of spirituality. So every episode, we're going to choose a topic of spirituality and dive into that. We're going to have guests. We're super fucking excited. Chloe and I are going to talk about our own experiences with spirituality, um, our own psychic abilities, our own communication with the other side. So I'm excited for those episodes. Oh, I am so excited and I can't wait. We're going to get personal. We're going to all learn a lot. And I think it's going to be a really cool series. So yes, stay tuned. Everyone get your eight hours, eat healthy, exercise. You know, there's hope in the future. It's a lot of shit right now. I know it's stressful, but push through. Everyone's strong and stay positive. And yeah, bottoms up, bitches. <laughs> Drink the rest of that wine. Don't waste it. <laughs> Don't waste a drop. Peace and love. We love you all. Bye. Bye. Insatiable.